you are about to experience a message from South Lake Church, a church who gathers together 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at Hometown Heroes Park in League City, Texas. And here at South Lake, it's about relationships with Jesus. And we do this as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Stay up to date with all that's happening here at South Lake Church. So here at South Lake, we're going to be talking about different Bible stories in the next couple of weeks. Stories that normally we don't hear or see in church. Those you might have only maybe read about. But we're going to dig deep into it and understand more of all that's going on. So today we're going to be talking about Lot's wife. As we read, uh, there's this destruction of cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. You see Lot's wife actually turns turns around, stares, and it says, turns the salt. What's going on? Well, before we get to that, I've got a question for you. You ever had a, as a kid member growing up, ever been scared to do something? Remember that first time you went in the pool? Were you scared? Did you float? Did you go into deep end? Did you have floaties? Now, my family has stories they can share about uh, Pastor Rob wearing uh, floaty, floaties in the pool, but we're not going to go there. But there's a lot of times in life where we take scary steps and adventure out. Maybe it was hiking. Maybe you're on top of a ladder. I don't know, but, but what was that scary step that you did that your, maybe your parents said, go ahead, go, and you were just too care, scared to take that step? I ask because I've been too scared to take steps before. It's amazing when we go to take those steps, how much we want to turn and look at maybe our family, something of safety that keeps us from taking another step. I can tell you it took a long time before I feel comfortable being in the deep end of a pool because... I was scared. But what's interesting and why I'm asking you about what makes you scared and take steps is I got a chance last week to watch the movie Onward. So for those who haven't seen it yet, it's on Disney Plus. It's the latest Disney Pixar movie that came out back in the fall. And it's really about a magical realm that forgot its magic. And you watch two elf boys, Ian and Barley, go on this quest making fun of all the D&D, Magic the Gathering, all the geekiest, nerdiest things you probably saw your friends do in school come to life on the big screen. I loved it. I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. I know. But what I enjoyed about it was just watching this journey between two brothers who thought everything was made up, at least Ian did, and to learn that this whole journey was all coming together. Now, in particular, there's a scene in the movie where Ian needs to cross this cavern. And his brother Barley tells him a special spell to use to create an invisible bridge that he can walk on. Well, Ian does it. He walks and he falls. But luckily, he had a rope tied to him, so he uh, was secured. But then his brother Barley goes, you need to believe every step that that bridge is there. So Ian takes a step and he walks, takes another step, walks again. And he's walking across the cavern on an invisible bridge. But here's the thing. Tied around Ian is a rope. Because he's scared that he's going to fall. He is scared that if that lets go, that he, he his journey's going to end. So what happens is, is Ian keeps on taking step after step after step. He gets further along. 
the, uh, the open space of the canyon, that rope gives out. He actually loses it, but he doesn't realize it, and he gets so excited taking step by step. But guess what happens? Because that rope is such a security for him, when he realizes he's no longer wearing it, he looks back at his brother and realizes he's above the canyon by himself. Good things don't happen when, that, when this scene takes place. So I've been thinking about watching Onward with this story about us, you and me. See, we're all on a journey that God has a plan for. We don't know all the steps. It's a lot like an invisible bridge. But every time we take a step knowing that God is with us, we continue to go further and further down the bridge. So the question is, what kind of rope do you have around your waist? What are you tethered to for safety and security? And I can tell you, because this is something on me always, it's a good chance it has something to do with money. It might have to do with your livelihood, that you're scared that could, that could affect your family, that you have food, shelter. It might be prestige, in the sense that with your friends and everybody, you want to show who you are. And if you lose that money, you won't have that identity. Maybe there's something else. But yourself and me, we have ropes tied around us that we hope that will give us security when we walk on this invisible bridge of life. But we're going to find out as we read the story, when those things are money and things of this world, when we turn back to look at they're still there to secure us, bad things happen, just like for Ian. So let's dig into our story today with Lot's wife to see what happened there. So our story picks up. So what's going on is... God came down, the Lord, with two angels to meet with Abraham and tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham tries to work out a deal with God to say, if there's 10 righteous people, spare the city. And God says, if there are 10 righteous people, we will spare the city. So the angels go into the town. They find Lot. Uh, they get accosted, attacked by residents of the town, so much so that Lot has to really, comes up with this really terrible deal for his daughters to try to help these angels, these visitors. It's not looking good. So what happens, the angels show off their might, their power, and they're going to rescue Lot and his family. And so this is where our story picks up. When Lot still hesitated, the angels grabbed him and they took him and his wife, his two daughters, and they rushed out of the safety of the city. Well, the Lord was merciful. Because remember, if you get, the Lord was going to destroy the town even with Lot in it. And yet, now he's saving Lot and his family. But when they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop any, anywhere in a valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. So some clear directives here. Go down this path, go to the mountains, or else will be destruction. Oh no, my lord, Lotbeg, you have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you've shown such great kindness. But I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me. There and I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? 
that my uh, that my life may will be saved? The angel's response to this plea was, all right, I'm going to tell you something. Same thing with Abraham. When God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Easy way or the hard way. God told Abraham he was going to destroy the city. Abraham tried to whittle down the 10 people. Cities are still about to be destroyed. Lot is being told, go to the mountains for safety. His response, no, 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 no. Let's go to the little village over to the side. What's going to end up happening is eventually Lot's going to be in the mountains. All right, the angel said, I will grant you your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. So it seems like when God says your life's protected here, as you're reading, their lives are protected, that the destruction cannot start until they're a place of safety. Now, this explains why the village was known as Zoar, which means a little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them all with all things and all the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people, every bit of vegetation. This is total destruction. But... Lot's wife looked back as she was falling behind him, uh, behind him. She turned into a pillar of salt. Wow. So first off, and I know the one question a lot of people are asking as we're reading this, and this is the big one. What does it mean she turned into a pillar of salt? And guess what the answer is? I don't know. It could mean that as she turned back and looked at the destruction that God said, don't turn your back towards, don't look to that, she actually turned into salt. Now that region and that all that valley has salt on the cliffs, all kinds of resin, all kinds of things there. It could be as the destruction was happening because she decided to ponder and look at the town, a whole bunch of rocks fell and killed her, preferably salt. Again, I don't know what this means, but that's not the really the big question here today. The big question is, why did she turn back and ponder? And I believe scripture actually shares with us why that happens. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Because you see, kind of like on onward, how they were going forward. And then when you turn back, bad things happen. For, what, for Lot's wife, as they're going forward, she turned back and bad things happened. So why did she hesitate? Why did she turn? Now, one of the clues we read here is Lot hesitated. See, our reading today started with said when Lot still hesitated. You see, even Lot did not want to leave uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. He did not want to leave and flee. It took the angels to grab him. He hesitated. And when the angel said, go to the mountain, what was his response? I need a, let's, let's go over to this village. Again, there's hesitation. There's something in Lot, there's something with his wife that's causing them to hesitate. What's going on? So what's going on? Well, the question becomes, why is Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed? 
Now, for some people, you might know that the extra biblical knowledge and realize are here, it's because they were sinful people. Well, they were sinful. You and I are sinful. You might have heard of it as a horrendous crime. Now, yes, the Bible talks about there's this horrendous crime that happens in Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, that's where the term sodomy comes from. But is that why the world, the city was destroyed? Is that why uh, all the destruction happened that led to Lot's wife to be turned to salt? Did she really want to turn back on a life that was full of all that sin? Is that what's going on? Is that why Lot hesitated? Well, throughout the Bible, we have letters and books of people sharing God's revelation. One of those books is the book of Ezekiel. He is a prophet. And he's sharing with God's people and the enemy of God, God's plan and ways he does destruction. What we read here is in chapter 16, he explains to the enemies of God just why God got so mad at Sodom. This comes from verse uh, chapter 16 of Ezekiel, verse 49 and 50. Pride, abundance of food, prosperous ease was to her and her daughters. And she, she did not sustain the needy and the poor. I'll read that to you one more time. So Sodom and Gomorrah, the sin they caused was they had pride, abundance of food, a prosperous ease, that was to her and her daughters, and she did not sustain the poor and needy. They were proud. They did a detestable thing before God, and I removed them because I saw it. So yes, did they do some kind of crime that was a really bad sin? Yes. But Ezekiel says they had abundance. They had pride. They were prosperous, yet they didn't give to the needy. I think this gives us a better understanding why Lot hesitated, why Lot's wife turned and looked. You see, for the two of them, their life has always been seeking abundance in better things. And they saw in the city of Sam Gomorrah abundance. They saw wealth. They saw security. And for them, that's what they held to. I believe that is why Lot hesitated and didn't want to leave the city. Because this is his livelihood. This is everything he has right here. I believe Lot's wife turned and watched the destruction of all the memories, all the things she had. Because again, that's where life was at. That's where her prosperity, that is where her abundance was in that city. Now you might be thinking to myself, well, why would I think Lot would feel that way? Well, we have to understand the story of Lot. Lot is the nephew of Abraham. And until Abraham had sons, Lot was in line to be the heir to Abraham's, all of his property, all of his stuff. In fact, Lot had such a great size of his own that him and Abraham had to split ways because there wasn't enough room for both of them. Guess, and Lot had choice. Abraham gave it to him. And Lot chose the rich, fertile lands for his flocks. He chose what would be prosperity. He chose the better deal. Well, after being kidnapped and a couple other things that happened there, Lot decides, you know what? It's time for us 
to move into the city. So he takes his family and they go into one of the most bustling, well-known cities of the area, Sodom and Gomorrah. See, I believe for Lot and Lot's wife that their journey on life, they tied themselves to the decisions that best made them money and wealth for their family. They tied themselves to Sodom and Gomorrah. And when God destroyed it, he was destroying the very thing that they held on to. And for Lot's wife, that it cost her life. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this all up today as I'm sharing this is because for a lot of us, I'm saying myself too, Sodom and Gomorrah is still alive and well in us, in this world. And one of the easiest ways is because we make decisions that affect our paycheck, that affect our families, our livelihood. And a lot of times we can't help it. Another story in the New Testament, when people were trying to follow Jesus as his disciples, he warns them. A person cannot plow the field unless he has both hands on the plow. He can't have one off turning what's behind him. Because when we look back instead of forward, we miss out what role we're on, what path we're going towards. Again, I can't help but look at the story of Lot's wife as she turned and looked. This is why throughout the New Testament, Jesus is with the disciples. The one subject that he talked more than the kingdom of God or anything else was money. Again, money is not a bad thing. But as Paul writes, the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's so easy for us to tie ourselves to something like money as a place of safety. That's where Jesus comes in. See, unlike all of us that seeks things like money and the things in our world for safety, Jesus came to say, no, there's more to it. You have a God above all those things, a God in control. That's who you get to tie yourself to. That's the rope that leads to you getting across. That's life right there. And we know this because he took on our hurts, our brokenness. The fall that would lead for all of us, he took that fall on on Good Friday. He died for you, for me. And granted, that sounds nice and wonderful, but the joy we have is that he rose from the grave to show that it was all taken care of, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Through the storms of your life, all the things you're dealing with, if you're going to tether yourself to a rope, there's only one anchor, one thing to really tie it to. It's to Jesus. But when you realize is as you take steps and walk of faith, he's not back there. He's with you. He's going before you. That's who I want to be tied to. My hope is that's what you want to be tied to. But the hard part is, and again, this is not solved today. It's so easy to turn back to all the things that make us proud, that gave us security, that gave us abundance. But we have a Lord that walks with us. We have a Lord who goes forward. My prayer for you today, if you're learning more about who Jesus is, is that it's not about the things we see in the world. Those things that people look back towards, 
He's none of those things. You can't buy Jesus. You can't make him. He's just there. And I welcome you to have a relationship with him, to get to know that he is with you. And as you're walking with him and growing in that relationship, my hope is you realize this journey that you are on, that I am on, he is with you. But there's friends, there's family members around us who don't have that relationship, who aren't tied, tethered to an anchor like Jesus, but those things behind us. My hope is that you'll want to have, want to share that with others. It might start with a conversation. It might be just sharing your thoughts about the whole subject matter. But my hope is you're going to want to tell that to others. And here at Southlake, we want to help you. We want to guide you and be a part of it so that you can go and tell everybody. Because there is such good news in Jesus. And so many better things to tie ourselves to. The money, the safety, security, those things are, that are behind you. My hope is you see what's in front of you. A life with Jesus. One step at a time. And here at Southlake, we want to step with you together as we engage, grow, and share Jesus in our community relationships. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we are reminded that how easy it is for us to get lost of all the things that are happening, to look so forward on things behind us that we forget about the things in front of us. Lord, guide our steps. May we be tethered to you as an anchor for safety, but to realize you're beside us, in front of us. Lord, help us to share this love, these new next steps with those in our lives. Because, Lord, I want to share it, and I want people to experience. And we bring all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking time to hear a message from South Lake Church. And as we engage, grow, and share Jesus together, make sure to click subscribe on your favorite player. Way to stay up to date that's all happening here at South Lake Church here in League City, Texas.